For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is Climate Justice, y'all, a podcast dedicated to lifting up and centering the climate and environmental justice movement in the South. Despite the South being the most biodiverse, diverse, and one of the largest economic engines in the world, we are underfunded and often barred from the decision-making table. Because of that, we decided to pull up a chair and amplify the stories of communities in the South hit the hardest by the climate crisis. We're using good old-fashioned storytelling to shine a spotlight on these Southern leaders from all walks of life, putting in their blood, sweat, and tears to transform the region. The usage of y'all in the title is on purpose. We are honoring our Southern heritage of creativity, resilience, and ingenuity. All right, y'all, it is season two of Climate Justice Y'all. Let's get started. All right, Ms. Marshall Jackson, how are you today? I am doing great. How about you? I am wonderful. So um, to start the podcast off, we always just ask our guests just to introduce yourself, give us your name, the nonprofit or whatever organization that you may work with, and a little bit about your journey, your story. Um, yeah, so go ahead, take lead. Okay. My name is Marsha Jackson. I am the culture of Southern Sector Rising here in Dallas. That organization was developed and founded by me because of um, the shingle um, mountain that occurred through my home, which is an um, environmental injustice issue uh, that caused a lot of health issues. As you hear me continue talking, you might hear my voice fading away. So I just want to let you know uh, about that up front because that is some of the um, issues that I have because of this environmental justice that we have been fighting here in Dallas. Okay, okay. So um, I'm so sad to hear that you have to go through this. Uh, I'm happy that you're working on this, that you found an organization to to take care of yourself and along with others. Um, can you go ahead and just like tell us what shingles is just for people who may not know and sure. yeah, some of like the side effects and whatnot that come from it? Sure. Um, the shingle mountain, it was uh, formed from 180,000 tons of roofing shingles. Roof roofing shingles that come off your home. So just imagine when people uh, go back and replace that, they were repairing the shingles from the home that was just dumping it right next to our home. And uh, people thought that uh, Shingle Mountain had been there for years. It had not been there for years. It on the ride for like three months. And so that you, you can imagine how fast they were taking it. So uh, therefore, they first started right a, a first 100 feet less than from my bedroom. And they knocked our fence down. Our horses got out and they blocked um, all the creek. We have a creek there. They blocked that and caused flooding back there. So those shingles, you know, um, it has all the pollutants in it. So just imagine all the bird poop and all the animal poop from those shingles being on your home at least 10, 15, some 20 years old. And it mm -hmm. smelled just like uh, it was roofing. Um, it was pavement burning in the oh. summertime. And you know, roofing shingles have fiberglass in it also. And that caused a irritant. They were supposed to be in uh, recycling it. They never did recycle anything. They were just getting in for the m uh, money. And they started grinding up, but they never did do anything. And those ground up shingles were airborne. Mm. And that's caused some of the health issues we have. Yes, about the health, is health issues. 
I tell people all the time, this is the heaviest I ever been in my life because oh, wow. of all the different kind of medicine that uh, I was taking mm-hmm. and still taking. Never been to a pulmonologist before, and this is my first time going through a pulmonologist also in my life. Okay, so it sounds like you were there before the Shingle Mountain was like even became a thing. <laughs> oh yes, I have been in my home since 1995, uh, 25 years. Shingle Mountain only derived 2018, January 2018. And it not only affected me, it affected my neighbors and the community also. Um, just like I was saying about affecting me, uh, the little babies in the community, one of them had to go to the hospital. So just imagine that we couldn't even walk outside our home. And as you hear the raspy in my voice, then my vocal cords have always been affected. Now, this going to be a permanent picture that um, we just don't have any kind of, uh, they don't have any kind of, uh, I guess you say, cure for that right now. And it's just, it's horrible. Really, it is. So how many like neighbors, community people have you lost like for, from this? We didn't lose any. We decided we are not going anywhere. We've been there longer, longer than that company have the company. We lost the company. They finally made the company move. But you know uh, what really bothered me though? Even though they made that company move, they went to court. Uh, I call, let me tell you, I called the city of Dallas, which we were supposed to have been doing, mm-hmm. the 311, report anything we have when it first happened, two weeks after, never did get anything, nothing happened. So that was in February. I called my city council in March 2018, never got a return phone call, none whatsoever. So we continue advocating what did happen after we made phone calls, and you probably imagine what does happen, that the city tried to retaliate. So they were trying to come out by zoning issues instead of doing anything with the company. So in, uh, we continue going on in um, September 2018, we had a flood mm-hmm. and the rain so hard, they were putting shingles and trees and tires and everything in the creek so they could drive back and forth. So oh by the rain is so hard, it blocked the flow of the creek. So it flooded our back. My dad was lost two horses, you know, in between all this stuff. And still again, nothing happens to them. Even um, the judge has said, well, she thinks they're trying to do everything they could, that um, they um, they really were trying to work and do something. She, she just kept giving them more time and more time. I think they all friends, you know. And she said it wasn't, uh, it wasn't light enough to be airborne. And I op- I told her, I opened up my back. She can come in my back. I have two acres. She can come back there and camp out and she can see the effects we have. So they retaliated so much because my community is black and brown, mm-hmm. and uh, we really didn't know um, the um, citizenship of my neighbors. So they selected me as being a spokesperson. That's the reason why if you Google Marsha Jackson and Shingle Mountain, you'll see my name mostly on everything because mm-hmm. I really didn't care. This was about my community, my family, you know, and my health. So it right. really didn't make any difference anymore. Wow. So. So you've been in your home for for years, decades even. And so was that the home that you were advocating for for years as well? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. So how long before you seen some type of change occur? Like after Shingle Mountain? Okay. And um, they finally made them uh, 19... It started in 2018. Mm-hmm. So Robert Walensky, his Dallas Morning News reporter, came out and he wrote an article, mm-hmm. December 2018, 
That's when the city came out, said they didn't know anything about it. And they made them cease business. They ceased business. And on January the 2nd, 2019, they started back. And the city called and asked me, and I said, well, I thought y'all let them start it. No, they came back. So they had another um, cease, but they also, uh, they violated that injunction because in March I was sitting there working. They was working. They come and work late at night, mm-hmm. and I recorded yeah. that. So yeah. they made them really kind of close down. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Shingle Mountain didn't really move until uh, February 2021. They just moved it. <laughs> you know, right. uh, even though they moved the Shingle Mountain from that property. We still have so many environmental injustice issues in my district eight uh, that we also submitted that and they retaliated again. They did nothing to the business that don't have SUP, special use permit or certificate mm-hmm. occupancy. They still come to the home. So a lot of this is racist zoning. Right. You know, and people don't understand that because it's a black and brown community. None of that stuff will happen in our, uh, in our white neighborhood. You know, so um, they did move it in um, February 2021, but they also had assessment. Doing that assessment, they found out the property has heavy lead on the property. That's another thing that we've been advocating because we live in a flood zone. And you know that uh, being in the flood zone and then that creek is there, that water's just going to flow on down with all those pollutants and chemicals on there and start it back. Well, the mm-hmm. city also, they didn't, they, they gained property, of, uh, ownership of their property because they end up suing them and the um, property owner, not the owner of the company. They just walked away with nothing. city didn't force them to do anything. Mm-hmm. They supposed to been paying $500 a day until it was cleaned up. They didn't. They didn't force that $500. So the property owner had to pay a million dollars to the city of Dallas. And they were the one that paid the um, contractor to move it. So now um, we were advocating for the clean up this property just um, three weeks ago that the city manager said he found money to uh, remediate the property. And still, again, uh, we're excited about that. But it took, look, it took almost four years, almost four years for our health to continue being affected, right. advocating and pushing and for our boys. But then again, even though finding this um, $2.5 million to clean up that property, which it might not be enough, it won't start until June of next year. So yet again, the government, law officials, and all of them have proven that they just do not care about it. <laughs> exactly. And you know, I'll, I'll tell them that when it's residents, community health is involved, that should be the number one priority. But just because our community is black and brown, it was just like we were just, um, just overlooked, you know. So um since we also advocating that our next step is advocating for a partial floor of forms. And I uh, Southern Port and yeah. I Southern Port and Dallas that um we don't have anything in our area like that. We don't even have sidewalks and that's terrible. You yeah. know, uh, some people in my community don't even have high speed. I have high speed because I have a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And a spectrum played that contractor themselves for that. We don't even have public transportation. Mm-hmm. Not alone that we don't have any grocery stores in our area. So it's a lot of things here, but you see the um, elected officials now, they push a lot for economic development and infrastructure, but what's wrong with pushing for the health of the community? And that's what I'm advocating for. So how far are you traveling to go to your nearest grocery store? <laughs> I go in the sub- suburb, it's like uh, 25 miles, My and God. that's terrible. Yes. yes. 
That is, it's, it's terrible. That, that's horrible. Okay, so what else have, what are some lessons, not what else, what are some lessons that you've learned through your advocacy, through your years? <laughs> and honestly, to be the truthful, every last one of my uh, elected officials were black. I supported them in their um, campaign. I had not one of them um, supported me. Now, one commissioner wrote a letter when I first started that they need to help, but not one of them. But now after start being national, then they want to come around and say they, they want to help, but they were never there. Um, and I also need to tell you that not only the here in my community, we have, and I'm on a cat, we have a lame plated super phone this year. And it's not even three miles away from my home. And all these kind of issues, environmental justice issues here in Dallas, you know, that we're fighting. This is another, it's a super fun site, EPA labeled super fun site. They've been mm. having that since 2015 and nothing has been done. They steady talk about testing, 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 mm-hmm. but they have not gone over there and cleaned that property. And that's another thing that we continue advocating for that. They need to speed up and do a more priority when it's closer to uh, black and brown communities. Oh my goodness. This is horrible. The fact that y'all even have to go through this, the fact that it's children coming up in this. <laughs> and, uh, wow. I know like the, the asthma, all of that, like the health yeah. is it, affected horribly there in the community. Can you speak <laughs> on some of like the other health issues that y'all have? Yeah, the asthma, I have a... Uh, 13-year-old granddaughter, little with me. And mm-hmm. we had to up her asthma medicine because of that. And you know, um, people always say that they complain about COVID having to stay in, but my community had to stay in way before COVID. We've been having to stay in our home since 2018. So just imagine that um, they gave another company right next door to me that when they moved those shingles, they didn't assess the property. Those people just put the ground up um, they moved the ground up shingles, but they put white rocks on top of that. So as you know, any transportation on top of that, that's just gonna make the pollutants airborne. So it made the ground up fiberglass airborne and made our skin itchy. And I don't know if you ever been around fiberglass, that's exactly what it does. That it irritates your skin, it getting your throat. And that's the reason why we have these issues with our vocal cords. You know, yeah. we was coughing up the black smut, you know, uh, uh, not only my granddaughter, but my neighbors, kids, they still have the same problem with asthma. I went to the doctor and my do- my daughter was telling me, my family daughter was telling me, have you had asthma before? But it sounded like you begin to have asthma. I'm, I'm 64 years old and I never did have these issues before this. And I want to continue being right here for my kids and my grandkids and great grandkids to grow up. And that's the reason why we moved into a rural area to have our horses there, our animals there, and grow our gardens. But then, since 2018, our life has changed drastically. It really has. Just to continue to strain, you know, doing things that you want to, even just the strain of your voice and talking. And that hurt hurt us a lot also. So what advice would you give to the people living in environmental justice communities, frontline communities, um, wanting to stand up against uh, polluters? You know, um, this everything I'm going through now, it motivated me uh, to continue studying for my uh, doctors of public administration so mm-hmm. I can be able to talk the way uh, I need to talk and talking to these elected officials. Don't right. back down, know exactly. 
You got to be, un you also have to be uneducated on your zoning problems because a lot of things that we also find out when we bought these issues out, they said, well, because of the zoning you're in, they can do exactly what they do. That was mm -hmm. untruth, untruthful. I live in an agricultural area zone, but right next to me is IR and IM, which is heavy industrial zoning. So I don't care, even though they're next to us, they can't be so many feet to residents, right. they still have to have a special use permit and they still have to have a certain CO. So anybody that's going through these, they need to also understand their uh, zoning, mm -hmm. you know, uh, understand their permit and you need to be able to be understanding who, who to go talk to. Don't back down. This is your community, your life, this is your family. And if we don't speak up for ourselves, who else will do that? Right. Right. So what are some ways to stay informed like about your community and like the zoning permits and things like that? How can how can you get in the known about that? My, my organization is Southern Sector Rising. What we did, we represent uh, districts three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the southern port of Dallas. These are the heavy polluted areas. We have people that's reached out to us now from different area cities, and we try to reach out and help wherever we can. Uh, we're southernsectorrising.org on our, our web page. We also on Facebook. We also on Twitter and on Instagram. And as uh, they can see, they can Google my name, Marsha Jackson, Sheena Mountain, and you can find my uh, contact information when you Google. And we're there to help because my, I just find out so much uh, fighting environmental justice that is people not educated on, on the uh, environmental justice in, on EJ. And that's what we need to have. We had a meeting with um, um, Dr. Nancy EPA and she sounded very interesting and concerned about the community and that's a plus what we really hadn't been having you know mm -hmm. before and those things I tell the uh, the city now y'all need to start admitting that y'all did wrong you know admit that y'all did wrong admit that y'all harm us and then we start working together and moving on but they need to start bringing in grassroots people to be able to tell them what actually they're doing wrong what bothers me that I do see that uh, what I've been fighting I have made also here in the city and I'm sure not only just indulge them um, the councils there go elected officials put people on these committees and boards to work on things but they don't have any kind of background no kind of education on what they're doing get grassroots people talk to them and have a conversation because we're going to continue fighting until we make a change because um, I tell them all the time that maybe that's the reason why they keep doing things because they know it's affecting my vocal cords to shut me down but long as they have sign language or whatever I can write you will not shut me down you're going to continue hearing my voice because I just don't want I don't want anybody to go through what I, I've been going through yeah, you might be onto something. You might. They might keep. They might be doing that just so that they can shut you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might be. <laughs> okay, so before we end this off, um, we always ask our guests just this last simple question: What gives you hope? What keeps you going? What keeps you in this fight? What keeps you in your community fighting for your frontline um, community? A change, a change keep me going. Um, like I said earlier, I don't, I just don't want anybody else to continue going what I'm going through. We have another uh, campaign now that we're working with here in the air in Dallas called Singleton United GAF, and uh, that's a <laughs> that's a shingle factory. And when I went over there, when she called me, 
it was no further than where my property is from where they, and it's just a shame because that factory is near the residence, near homes, and we have to continue to work on each other and fighting as a whole, as a community. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's my dream, my hope to move some of these illegal companies mm-hmm. that's bringing all these pollutants in here and causing harm to the uh, residents. No more harm to our body because of that. Ms. Jackson, I enjoyed talking to you today. Um, Thank you. To thank you so much for just sharing your story with us and fighting for your community and others that are similar to it. Thank you so much. Yes.